Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aliyah, And I'm Curtis. And today we are here with Andrew Voigt, the founder of the brand new black metal website, Black Forge Magazine. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Oh, we're, we're very pleased to have you. Um, it's not too often that we get to have um, brand new blog founders on here. So it's an interesting topic to dive into. Um, but before we dive into that, would you be so kind as to give our listeners a brief summary of who you are and what you do within the realms of metal? Sure. Well, I am a writer who has been writing about a lot of things over the years. Started off mostly writing about mental health issues, something that's near and dear to my heart. And funny enough, I'm in, in graduate school for my clinical mental health counseling degree. So that's a very passionate thing for me. But I also love music. I grew up reading HM Magazine and just love anything to do with music and music journalism. So I actually reached out to HM Magazine in 2020 to see if they needed some contributing writers. And I was able to jump in and be a part of that as a contributing writer, interviewer, and social media director, which was really a cool, a cool gig. In January of this year, I decided to step away. I'm a big black metal fan. More, I think that's this is where I'm we're gonna have to dive in a little more, but I think I confuse people. I really like atmospheric black metal and black gaze. I'm not really I'm not a true like diehard raw black metal guy. False metal um, man. Yeah. Untrue. Untrue. Yes, false black metal. Pink I keep telling a friend we need to change the name of it just to like create a new genre. But I I really love that style and that genre. And I was thinking, you know, there aren't many publications that strictly focus on these underground artists because I was finding so many underground black metal artists, more Winion, Soulless, um, Unrequited, who's no longer, in my opinion, underground. They've become more and more popular. And I was thinking, these artists are so good. And a friend of mine who happens to be Daygraves, uh, Day he's a black gaze artist, fantastic. If you haven't heard Daygraves, we were talking one day and he's like, you know, these there's so many really good black gaze artists out there, but you don't know about them. And so things like that have struck a nerve with me. And I was thinking, why don't I just start my own thing? And I started thinking about names and what am I going to do? What would I create? How would I make this work? And I thought, well, metal is made in a forge or it's or, you know, formed and processed through a forge. And of course, black metal, uh, the obvious, but I can't just spell it black forge because of two reasons. Uh, black metal artists don't, they aren't that simple. A lot of artists have these really bizarre, weird names and, and that's the way you have to do it. So I was thinking, well, I've got to follow that. And also Black Forge happens to be a black metal coffee shop in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
And oh, I was thinking, oops. I'm not going to steal their name. I'm, I'm going to play with this. So we went with that and talked to some artists, talked to some guys to get some thoughts. And a good friend, Nate Parrish, he's a punk rocker, not a black metal guy at all, but he's a designer. And he designed the logo for me. I was like, this is great. This thing is working out. And had some friends help me out with the website. And it's it's just turned out to be a great gig. And what's amazing is when you start reaching out to all these underground black gays and atmospheric black metal artists, most of them are solo artists. You're going to find so many people who are like, yeah, I want to share my music. And so it's been a really fun thing. And it's only been going for three months. Curtis, do you have your follow-up yeah, base? I do, I do. I was just trying to find my button. My button wouldn't fucking go. Um, there we go. We already started swearing. Um, so, Andrew, I have a question. Yeah. So, on your about section, you have a long list of things you will not accept. So, black metal, almost all those topics, even with black gays, are there. How do you, how the heck do you find There's central topics to almost the genre of black metal. All of these. So, just for anybody listening... Rick, I just almost all of them. Almost. Just for anybody listening, he says, Where the heck is it? I'm sorry, I just got over it. Uh will not support or promote NSBM. Fine. Most people won't. Cool. That's yeah. nothing too out of the blue. So um, okay. The occult, that is okay. Satanism, okay. Self-harm, suicide, or mis mis I can't even say it. Misanthropy. Yep. So almost all of those topics are central to almost every black metal band I've ever heard. So how does one weed this all out, especially when you can't understand the lyrics at first blush? <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. The lyrics. Okay. So how, so how do you know? And and why? So yeah. and how do you find it? So I have a bunch of questions. Let's just start and I'll, I'll, I'll interject. One myself. question at a time. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. This is a challenging question, and it's I'm a good sorry. one to ask, and it's why I wrote an about page. I had a feeling I would need one. And I've had a lot of interesting discussions in just three months with artists, um, it, really about content. What is your messaging? Who are you? What's your, what's your story? I try to filter through those things, and there's a lot of reasons for it. So and I'm very transparent about who I am and what I am. And so I, I try to make sure people know where I come from. So I'm a follower of Jesus. And so my my ethos, my worldview comes from that. But I also believe in good art. And I, I love music. I Whether we're talking New Wave from the 80s, Depeche Mode, New Order, you name it, or jazz, John Coltrane, I love Coltrane. Or we're talking about classical, Claude Debussy. It doesn't matter to me what their worldview was, as long as I find hope and inspiration through it. And there are some dark albums from Depeche Mode where I'm not really, I don't really identify with it. But then there are some songs where it's like, okay, I identify with that. That song is wrestling with the challenges of being a human being. And, and I like those things. I like contemplative music. I like music that delves into the spiritual, but not from an, um, an anti-human perspective. Again, I'm all about mental health. And so this is also a factor. It's not just my faith that drives me. It's also, I, I had, a, I have my own long story about my mental health journey that I write about and I've written about for many years. 
so mental health to me means a lot. And I, I look at music as a way to either inspire people or to discourage and, and, and really destroy people. A lot of not so healthy music out there, but there's a lot of good music out there. So for me, I kept thinking, well, I know black metal has a stigma, but the truth is, I would argue hundreds, if not even in the thousands of independent artists, as you already know, black metal is not popular. Independent artists, they're not satanic. They're not in the occult. They're not saying go out and kill yourself. These are artists that are talking about nature. I've talked to a bunch of them who love to talk about mythology. They like to write based off of inspiration from Lord of the Rings. There's a, a guy named Beleriand. There are two Beleriands. This one's in Norway. He literally, his entire thing is Lord of the Rings. His, the theme, every song, everything. And I find that kind of thing really cool. I love it. And it's inspiring and fantasy takes people. It's, it's storytelling in its own weird way. And then, of course, there's the faith-based bands and that I love. I, I support those guys. This is uh, one of my favorites is Vials of Wrath. This is a friend of mine, too. I, we became friends thanks to HM uh, interviewing him for the magazine. I did and, one of their albums one point. Yeah, yeah. Dempsey's a great guy. And I uh, got to know him. And just there are guys like that who I'm like, you know, they don't get the credit that they deserve. They have the talent. But... There is any black metal magazines or publications out there. They're not going to give him the time of day. Let's be real. So he got signed by Flowing Downward, which is a sub-label of avant-garde. So he he did get some secular success in that sense. But I, I was like, you know, what if I brought a publication where I can share pagan artists talking about their love for nature? I can share Christian artists talking about their love for their faith. Artists who loves stuff like fantasy and mythology. What if I brought them together into one place, taking the stigma away from black metal, the stigma that most people associate is Satanism, the occult and anti-humanism. And I was like, maybe we could reinvent this a little bit because there are hundreds of artists I've run into who have nothing to do with those things. So that's how, that's why I'm having to be very specific in I have had artists reach out to me saying, hey, I'm interested in being featured. I've had to turn a few people away graciously. I'm trying to be gracious in, in how I do it. I don't want to offend anybody with that. But I've also had a lot just say, yeah, I'm not, I don't fit those things that you're talking about. I, I just like to talk about nature. I shared a guy named Burden of Amir recently. I, we did an interview and he's an atheist. But I don't care. If he wants to be an atheist, that's his his worldview. As long as he's not encouraging people to do things that I think are destructive in his music, I enjoy his music. And so I was listening to his music and did some research and find out he writes about mythology. And his most recent album that he just released is about Beowulf. Fascinating. Really cool. So I'm like, this is the kind of artist I want to share. I don't care what your worldview is as long as you are not promoting something that I look at as destructive. So I hope that answers it. Sort of. Um, so now I have my, my second part of that question. And Leah's probably be mad at me because I'm going to take up half the freaking podcast asking no, these questions ahead. here. These so, are good. Um, 
me as a publicist, I don't always get the lyrics of the bands that I have. Um, and sometimes, especially the black metal guys, they don't want to give the lyrics and they don't want to discuss the lyrics. So how do you weed that out? Do you just say, sorry, bro, not going to do it because uh, I don't know? Or how do, how do you handle that? Well, thankfully, there's a lot of good resources for most artists. You can find the lyrics on... Um... But I mean, the ones who won't give give them to you, like there's a for lot. For those, like I that normally ask metal. them. Okay. I ask them point blank, "What are you about? What do you write okay. about?" And I tell them I don't support this, and I'm going to take them at their word. I, I, there's a certain point where I have to just trust the person's telling me the truth. Of course, yeah. Most people aren't going to lie about something like that. Well, as we've already kind of discussed earlier, it's black metal. People don't get into black metal to make it rich. Of course, you don't go into black metal. You're doing this because you love the music. And so I think people are going to be more truthful in this line of music because they don't, what what good am I going to bring them? They don't have, I don't have a massive following. Even if I promote their album, they're not going to get, but maybe a few listens out of it. It's So I don't think there's anything in it for them to lie to me or me to lie to them. And that's why I think being truthful up front in the about statements and everything It'll turn some people off. I already know that, but so be it. Who cares? Um, okay, so nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Um, except about your blog, which is a good blog, by the way. I was I was looking through it today, and it's awesome. Um, but what, so for the listener, I was not saying nobody cares about his blog. But that being said, <laughs> um, I do have one more question, just about the about page, and then we can move on to some other stuff. So. How do you find bands then? Do you just go through the PR or are you actively searching? So my day job is I'm a recruiter. That's my day job outside of music. I have over the years become really good at unearthing things that are under rocks. I love it. Yes. I love doing that kind of thing. And so with music you can fall into a rabbit hole just because of one artist. Like when you, when I found day graves, I didn't even know who the guy was. I just loved his music and I like deaf heaven. I like black gaze bands. And so I was like, Oh, day graves is great. And you start listening to day graves on Spotify. You're going to get recommendations. If you go to Bandcamp and you follow day graves, it'll have recommendations at the bottom of the page. If you scroll down, and when I have downtime, I have two kids married. So when my two kids are asleep, that's my time to shine with Black Forge. And so I sit down and I'll go through music. I'll see what's out there. I even go to, because I'm 39, I'm, I'm old school like this. I even go to iTunes where I used to buy my music. Believe it or not, people used to buy music. And I will go there and it'll have new metal releases. Now, a lot of it's hardcore or metalcore or something like that. But sometimes I'll find an album release that looks like, okay, that looks like a black metal band. You you can tell because the logo and you're like, okay, that looks like that could be black metal. So I'll click on it and I'll find, okay, this sounds good. It's cool. I'll look them up, do some research and metal archives has details on bands. That's another place I like to go to. They always have really good info. Whoever curates all of that, I don't know, but they're great. And I mean, dude, you can just dig. It's a, it's a rabbit hole. I mean, it really is. I fall into it one night and and I can find like 15 new artists 
and then you'll find a, a random record label. I was recently talking to, I don't remember his first name and he's going to maybe listen to this and be like, how did you forget my first name? Talking to a guy from Snowstorm Productees and I think he's in Norway. Never heard of the, the label or anything. He just features a bunch of indie artists that are solo artists and a lot of black metal artists are solo artists. <laughs> they don't have the money or the time to form bands and so they do their own productions. And he has a lot of these guys on his label. And I listened to some of them. I was like, this is dang good. Like, I'm I'm impressed. Like, But I would never have known had I not stumbled upon the Bandcamp page. And these artists are not on Spotify. The only place you can listen to them is through the Bandcamp page or buy their music. And so there's so many ways to find bands and artists. That's why I'm saying I'm not even joking. Like, I, I need to keep a list. There are hundreds, if not thousands of bands or better said artists in this genre that do it for the love of the music they don't do it because they're saying hail satan or whatever they're they're doing it because they love the music that's a good I, I love finding new new artists that's i think that's part of my joy of doing this publication i will get messaged after i'm I've, after i've shared a new album with somebody uh, the artist will write me and say thank you for sharing it and and i get so much joy out of knowing that i'm helping this artist find some new listeners even if it's just a few that's where it's at yeah i want to ask a little bit your question yeah yes I think so those are great answers um I want to ask a little bit about the logistics of starting a new blog. You mentioned that you did the social media for HM before you branched off and started Black Forge. And what are some essentials when it comes to your presence online as a blog? Well, I try to, so I try to look at it as if this is a real magazine, even though it's not. I, that's why I even call it Black Forge Magazine. I I want to promote it and believe in it like it is not just a hobby. Not because I believe it's going to go anywhere financially, but because I believe that you've got to believe in a brand and put something behind the brand to make people take it seriously. Like if I just said Andrew Voigt's Black Metal Blog, people probably be like, oh, this is another stupid idiot talking about music that we don't really care about his opinion. But if you put something behind it, a brand, an image, something that people can recognize, like the Black Forge logo, that's why I was so thankful to get that logo from Nate. It's If you can create something that is literally a brand, you're going to find that people are able to recognize you. They're going to see you more and more frequently. You're going to gain a following for that reason. Social media is a massive factor. And... It's funny because like 10 years ago, social media didn't play this kind of a factor in, in the way it does now in magazines. But if you want to know what's really going on in the world of music, you need to go to, you know, whether it's Kerrang or Loudwire, Revolver, whoever, you go to their Instagram or Twitter feed. You don't go to Revolver.com. You want to see what's going on in their Instagram first. And that is how you get people's attention. So when I've when I was at HM, I would have people reach out to us and say, hey, would you write us an album review? And half the time, again, I was doing that for fun. So I, I couldn't write a review for everybody that wrote us. 
And I would tell them, well, I can do something better for you. Instead of doing that, I created a thing when I started, I created this thing called the HM Spotlight. I don't know if they're going to continue to do it or not. But when I was there, I did the spotlight, which I I took that idea and put it into Blackforge since um, since I started it. But what I decided is that there, people are going to see that more than they will a review on a website. And so if I put a an image together, a cool branded image that shows an album, the album title, the artist name, and put up, you know, tag them in the in the post, they're going to get way more listens and people engaging with them than putting it on the website. And it, lo and behold, it, it's a great thing for artists now just to recommend them. So I think starting a new blog, you definitely need a social media presence. Otherwise, nobody's going to know who you are unless you share it literally with people you know and send a URL, which nobody does that anymore. You don't just send a URL and email to somebody in Hotmail. So yeah, social media is huge. Yeah, it's really the only uh, organic discovery route there is, is to be on social media. I think. I know of other ways, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, there are a lot of ways, but I think right now, so that's the fun part for me is when I started with HM, it was literally the lockdowns. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. March had just passed. I talked with David from HM, the owner, in April 2020. So I wasn't, no concerts were happening. Nothing like that was going on. So we had to be creative and I had to be creative because he had given me the keys to social media. I'm thinking, well, how are we going to do this? Because I wasn't going to be able to go to concerts and interview people or take pictures with bands and all that. And one thing I noticed, a lot of bands were struggling. I interviewed even the successful ones, like the pop metal, quote unquote, bands like Sleeping With Sirens. I interviewed Kellen Quinn and we were talking and even those guys were struggling because they make money off of merchandise sales. And if they're not playing shows, it's hard to sell merch. And so I started showing, if you go back to 2020, which I hope you don't have that much time to, to do, but if you went back in the archives of HM social media, you would see that I was sharing a lot of posts about merchandise. So for the first year, I started saying, look, guys, let's just, if you got merch, you want to advertise it, send it to us. And so we we were just advertising merchandise, uh, live streams that they were doing. And it forced me to become good at marketing digitally. It forced me to. I wasn't necessarily great at it before, but it really gave me some out-of-the-box ideas of how do I share music with people without going into a venue with other people and bands. And I think that's why we look at it now. Three years later, people work remotely for the most part in a lot of jobs. Music and everything has become so digitized. I mean, you've got Spotify and Apple Music and any streaming you could think of. Everything has to do... I mean, bands are getting signed and cut from their labels strictly because of how many streams they have on Spotify. That's how absurd it has gotten. So everything is digital. So how do you maximize your digital reach? And for me, maximizing it is finding the target audience that likes the music you like. So I connect with people on social media who are already following black metal artists. I'm not going after, 
I'm not trying to find people who are interested in listening to, you know, trying to think of a good example, the weekend or any pop artist. Nobody cares about corpse paint who listen to the weekend, but maybe then maybe, maybe I'm judging, maybe they do. But I think at the end of the day, you've got to find your target audience. So social media, one of the beautiful things is you don't have to pay for it. It's not an advertising service. You just have to find the people and take the time to try to connect with people who like this music. And I've invested, it's sad to say sometimes when I think of how much time, but I've invested a lot of time sitting in front of my laptop or on my phone looking for people who are into this kind of music, looking for bands and saying, this person seems to like this kind of music. I'll invite them to the page or I'll invite this person. And it's, it takes time, but a lot of these people really fall in love with the brand. I've had so much engagement from these people already. They'll message me when I tag something. I had one guy write, I'm trying to remember what he exactly said, but he was basically indicating that he loved everything I was putting on the playlist, that it was his favorite playlist now and all this. And I'm thinking, this is exactly the audience I want. I want people who are passionate about this kind of music too. And you've got to find those people on social media. So uh, on a personal note, um, how do you make it so that way the wife doesn't kill you for spending all this time doing this for uh, fun? Ooh. We went there. Um, and we now know it that's not how it works. <laughs> she's been amazing and oh she, good. She's awesome. Oh, my wife is the coolest. So we I'm I've learned again, I I've learned through trial and error in my life of on how to do things. And one of the things I've learned to be really good at is making the use of every minute of my day. So I work my full day spend time with the kids and the wife, do things with them. My wife likes to go to bed early. I do not. I do not like going to bed early. And I work remote. So I don't have to drive to an office or commute home. So when she goes to bed and the kids are asleep, that's when I take care of my business because it's not interfering with anything. And then on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, she'll say, hey, why don't you take a few hours, go to the coffee shop, do some work. So if you ever see me posting on a Saturday or a Sunday, you can expect that I'm sitting at a coffee shop somewhere um, doing that. Sitting in the black metal and posting about it. Exactly. And sometimes root beer instead of coffee. Sometimes. Root beer? Interesting. That like is craft the other root beer? Thing. Craft root beer. It's the best mm, stuff. Okay. I didn't even know there was such a thing as craft root beer. This is all new to me. Curtis, come on, man. I don't drink... Okay, just as an aside, I don't drink sugary drinks. Oh, right. I gave up my sugary drinks. Yep. Except for root beer when it comes to soda. Now, I won't lie. I got to be truthful. Sometimes I'll get those coffee milkshakes at the coffee shops. Those are so good, but I can't drink them anymore. Yeah, I can't. I can't give those up. But when it comes to soda, no. So root beer is my favorite soda, period. And Daygrave's funny enough, and I can tell you his name. He's not secret. Travis is one of my good close friends. He was telling me uh, when we first got to know each other that he loved root beer. I'm like, this guy is my best friend. Like, he likes black gays. He likes root beer. What, what more do I need here to have a close friendship? And so now we still send pictures to one another when we're drinking a root beer. He'll send me a text. I'll send him one. And it's become a really funny thing. We've even joked about eventually 
ideally having a black metal festival in Charlotte where I am, where we have like a black metal fest and it's going to be like black and roots would be the name of it. And we would have nothing but custom root beer stands. All Please do this. So this Please is like the this. decibel thing, except with root beer instead yeah. of beer. Oh, dude, it would be amazing. It would be the it'd be weird, and a lot of people would be like, "You guys are nuts." And you're, you're well, strange. everybody that doesn't drink would be. A, I'd be. A, I don't drink. I'd be like, "Well, I don't yeah, drink root yeah. beer. I, I don't drink root beer either." So I don't know. If you I'm just have good, to but... have some diet options, some non yeah. non sugar yeah. options. I guess. I guess. Correct. Yeah, I've heard there's a brewery in St. Louis. I know nothing about it because I haven't been there. But somebody told me there is a brewery, a beer like beer, real beer, um, which I like, real beer that has a root beer. Um, brewery attached to it so they will also so you can go to this beer this brewery your friends can order ipas or whatever and you can say hey i just want a root beer and you can get a regular root beer but it's made on site in st louis and i've been hearing that's becoming more and more popular they actually just opened a place in charlotte i heard about that is strictly non-alcoholic it's a lounge and it has all these different kinds of drinks but no alcohol and I, I keep thinking, man, it'd be kind of cool if we did something with root beer at some point. But again, I'm just a weird guy. I think weird things like this. I'm like, oh, let's start a black metal a, publication with my I, free time. That I know. think this is a good idea with the root beer, dude. Okay, well, maybe I'll sell some on my website. Black Forge root beer. I don't know. That, that it might sounds be. tasty. It <laughs> might work. There's lots of us that don't drink. So, yeah, totally. No, I agree. And I think a lot of people don't think of that. Yeah, the boozers aren't going to like it, but whatever. Curtis, you have to, um, I know this is silly, but if you want to find something that's close to craft root beer, the best option is to go to your local Cracker Barrel and they have sodas. I don't think we have those up here. I'm in Canada. He's in Canada. I'm in Canada. I don't think we have Cracker Barrel. But you can tell me what to get at Cracker Barrel because I live in the States. Okay, so they have different ones. Uh, Sioux City, I think, is one of them. And then Dad's Root Beer is great if you want straight one um dogs and suds is one of the best that's my, my that's my hometown lafayette indiana is okay. my hometown so you yeah mm-hmm. and then um sprecker i never can say it right spreckers or something it's it's a really good root beer so there's some really good ones out there is cracker barrel a restaurant because it's just a cheese as far as i know okay it's a restaurant. They have I'm a go- cheese brand. That's I'm, I'm googling if Barrel is basically it's a it's it's a it's a restaurant and country store yeah. combination. I'm googling if there's one in Toronto because if there's one anywhere, it's going to be in Toronto. So next time I'm in Toronto, I will check it if it's there. But oh man, I need you to send me a picture if you go. Well, if there is one, I got. I'm googling right now. I haven't seen anything yet, but well, if you ever visit Charlotte, I'll literally personally take you and buy you a root beer. This is being recorded, so I will. So he's going to hold you to that. I will hold you to that if I go to China. I'm fine with that. All right, all right. Let's talk a little bit more about journalism before we go. Um, So, with your writing background and starting your own blog, is there anything that you've noticed about music journalism today that you want to do differently, or that you think is lacking in music journalism? Ooh, that's a good question. I I mean, obviously, I don't do everything right. I do it the way I like to do it. And typically, sure. any writer is going to write the way they would want to read an article, if that makes sense. I'm going okay, to sure. write the way I would want to read it. I One of my problems with when I go to any of the other mainstream 
metal magazines for that matter. And I look at an interview, a lot of times they don't break it down where you can just read what the person's saying, question, answer, question, answer. Now they've gotten really creative and almost too creative in my opinion, just my personal. They'll break it apart and just tell a story throughout it. Like, and and then he opened up a soda and he was drinking it. And we were, and they, they give this whole explanation. He was opening up a craft root beer. And they give the story and it's fine. It's cool. And maybe a lot of people love that. And maybe I have missed the boat and I, I'm just not on the same page. For me, when I open up a magazine, when I did when I was a teenager, I liked reading what the artist had to say. I could not care less what the interviewer had to say. That's a very good point, actually. I'm just being true. Same. From me. I, I am I don't look at me as a writer for Black Forge as a creative writer. Now, my first little blurb, I like to start off with a quote unquote creative introduction, two to three paragraphs, nothing extensive. That's where I can have some fun and say something about Lord of the Rings or compare it to the Adirondack Mountains or whatever and have some fun with it. But after that, I'm like, okay, the person clicked on this article because they want to hear what this artist has to say. They don't want to hear about me. So I'll write my little blurb and then I'll do question, answer, question, answer format. And what I've also tried to do in keeping with the ethos of what I've shared in my about page, I always like to ask the artist, what is your worldview? Like, what's your belief system? How, what inspires your music? I love that question, and I've been told by artists that they don't get that question enough. But I think that's what most of us want to know. Like, who is this person? Who is this artist that I'm listening to that I love their music? Who Who is the person behind it? And if the person says, oh, I'm an atheist, well, now I have some framework from, like, when I'm thinking about the person, or I read lyrics, or I see something, or they say, you know, I'm, I'm pagan, and I just love nature and the earth and all these other things. It gives me some context, and I love having the context. It's like if you didn't know that Mozart was a little insane, would it make him as interesting? I don't know. If you thought he was just this boring dude, I don't know. I, I think we like to look at genius by looking at the people behind the genius, and we need to know who they are. They don't have to be wild like Mozart. They don't have to be, you know, borderline insane. They need to be real to who they are. And it's good to know who they are. Now, again, I have limits on that. And there's stuff I just, I'm not going to share somebody who's into suicidal black metal. That's not my thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I my My heart, at the end of the day, as a human being, because again, I do this for fun. I don't do this for a career. I don't have to share anybody's music. I do this because I want to share. And my heart as a human being is to inspire people to have hope. Because I do believe, and as silly as it may sound to some people, I genuinely believe that every single person was created with intent, purpose, and meaning. If that is the case, I want to make sure that I live a life that highlights that myself individually and anything that I do with my work. So if I'm going to elevate an artist, I want it to I want to elevate an artist that is inspiring other people. And it doesn't be, have to be, you know, self-help stuff. I don't mean inspiring like that. 
but even a good storyteller. We, we need to escape. That's what makes Lord of the Rings. My favorite movies are the dystopian stuff, which is not always encouraging, but Blade Runner, for example, great movie. I'm inspired by that, funny enough. There's, But I won't go into Blade Runner tonight. But what I will say is that storytelling helps us escape from some of the things in our lives that we can't make sense of. And it helps us give some some meaning to some of the things that are confusing. Blade Runner did that for me. It has a lot of deep philosophical roots from Philip K. Dick, um, who wrote the, a book called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Back in like the 40s or something like that. And then Blade Runner took the thing and, and it actually had philosophical meaning to it. And stories have philosophical meaning and philosophy is meaning to drive the human experience and drive the human psyche and how we approach our daily lives so a story is not just a story a story helps people process so if you're telling a story with your music even if it's unintelligible because you know black metal i mean even if it is you can still pick up kind of a story like the fathomage an artist in australia i love the guy he's he's incredible he just he has a whole album that was literally centered around lord of the rings this uh different guy i'm talking about not uh the other guy. Not the other, other Lord of the Rings. Not the other Lord of the Rings. The other Lord of the Rings compared to the other. Yeah, they're like 50. But this guy wrote a whole Lord of the Rings album. But then his most recent album, you don't even really know exactly what the theme is, but all the artwork, everything is nature inspired. And so when I listen to the music, I literally feel like I'm in the middle of nature. It's weird, but it, it's it's fact. And I think that's part of the storytelling and that gives people hope. And that is something I want to elevate. So Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to wrap us up here in a second. Curtis, do you have any final questions? It's going to take a while. So I'll ask them off, off the air. Okay. And then if you've got um, a bolt, you can bolt. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, I would just like to wrap things up with asking you how should bands get in touch with you if they would like to be covered on your site? Well, first thing, I need to start with an apology to bands that have tried to reach me in the last three months. I have a contact page that I realized a week and a half ago I didn't have synced to my email. Ooh, that's the worst. Oh, no. In the last three months, I didn't get your message. But I have gotten a few messages the last few weeks, and that is the best way to reach me. Or Instagram. Send me a direct message. I leave that open. Twitter, Facebook, I'm not checking the messaging that much on it. But the contact form is going to go straight to my email. It doesn't go to an admin. There is no admin. I am my own secretary. And it goes straight to me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Again, and everyone listening, thank you for listening. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music.